from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast check carried out by the association of private schools in bengaluru bags of students were checked by teachers and what they found shocked them lighters condoms oral contraceptives a check of bags in bengaluru's private schools resulted in authorities finding things that many adults would find shocking While he has no opinion on the alcohol or knives being found in bags, Mumbai-based sexologist Dr. Rajan Bosle wasn't so shocked that children in classes 8, 9 and 10 were carrying things like contraceptives and condoms in their bags. He says if anything, it points to the fact that most teenagers know what they should be careful about. Nowadays children start watching something like porn as early as 10, 11, 12 or so. I've seen cases where parents have brought the children when they notice that they are seeing some content like that nowadays 18 years old are quite sexually active and uh, they respect you of where they are and uh, they know the dangers whether it is hiv aids or stds or whether it is possible pregnancy but such information is so easily available to them even on google or or many other sources even there are proper sex education classes that could be happening where they are taught the contraception is necessary if you want to avoid unwanted pregnancy or you know to avoid any std and hiv also you must use condom for them to carry condom uh, or to carry uh, something like i pill or contraceptive pills is something in a way they are taking adequate precaution from their side and there is a lot of rebelliousness in them in that that age so to go against morals to go against parents society that we will do whatever we feel like doing and we know we are not doing anything wrong all that they need to be little cautious but as parents don't look at them as they are parents are shocked or the teachers are shocked because they come from a different generation probably when they were teenagers there was nothing like that or they don't remember and then they start feeling what is this happening and that is why there is a furor the internet is blamed for sexual awakenings among the youth as well as sexual crimes but given most states don't have any kind of sex education in schools or anywhere else the internet and pornography are major sources of information on all things sexual for most people in today's episode my colleague jairaj singh and i are in conversation with dr rajan bosle about why there is a need for sex education we also discuss the problems with learning about sex through pornography and sexually transmitted illnesses that most social media influencers don't always talk about Dr Bosley we're seeing so many uh, cases in the newspapers where teens uh, minors uh, are seen engaging in a sexual act with another minor and this is uh, an age group this is pre teens or just what would you uh, say is the cause of that see what happens the moment you become adolescent age we call it as a puberty you know the sex hormone starts getting produced in the body they don't wait for anything else because the the girl starts getting her periods maybe 9 10 and the hormones which are responsible for her to get periods are the same hormones which give her sexual desire and sexual feelings and sexual thoughts same is with the boys boys their glands start functioning testosterone starts being produced that's having effect on their body and the way they think they feel so they are flooded with lots of sexual thoughts and feelings and where is the outlet just imagine a 13 14 year old boy knows that for me if at all i have want to have sex i will have to wait till i get married 
another one and a half decade of waiting. Till then, what do I do on a daily basis? I experience arousal. And I want that outlet. I want that release. What do I do? So, of course, masturbation is the best way. But somehow they watch so much that they want to experiment. That's what we call a sexual experimentation. And then someone is willing to experiment with them. They engage into this kind of an act. Because arousal is found in boys as well as in girls equally. It is a matter of it just getting the right opportunity to express their you know, desires to each other. And then the earlier, what used to happen in much later age, nowadays it started happening now because they have become more bold in expressing their sexual feelings and desires, which was not there earlier. Even if the girl you love, and the girl also loves you, but for you to even go and tell her that I love you, at our times we would wait for months and years. Things have changed and in a way it has become easier for nowadays even school kids to express themselves and to have actual physical privacy. When you, uh, for most parents, when they come to you for problems related with their teenagers, what are uh, what are some of the most their most pressing concerns? They are concerned about all aspects. If the child is not studying, also the bringer bringers. He is not eating well. This girl is too fat or too thin. Or this boy is all the time depressed. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't socialize. These are also problems for which parents bring. So the problem about their concerns related to their sexuality also. So the, the parents having concerns about the child's well-being, their health, how they are growing, their studies are very valid. That's what parents are for. So also there are parents who bring with their concerns related to child sexuality. Sometimes these are concerns, they require more of a reassurance to the parents. By telling them, you know, this is normal. You don't have to really worry. This is part of his growing process. Or sometimes it is definitely something that they are worried for the right reason. And then we have to do the needful, either by talking to the child or educating parents or bringing about that dialogue and bring more awareness. We have to do that. But Dr. Bosley, are, are there cases where you are genuinely surprised when a parent comes to you uh, mm. at this moment and it's something that you haven't seen uh, previously? See, something that I've never heard previously uh, and I'm hearing it first time is literally very, very rare. I have seen some extreme cases where uh, at that point of time, I first time when I saw such cases, I found it very shocking. But then subsequently, as I saw more and more such cases or similar cases, I didn't. So today I'm mid-60. Tell you, I can. I started practicing and I was in my late 20s. I'll give you a very uh, uh, example like teenagers engaging into uh, a paraphilias or fetishes. One of them, which is so dangerous that they can even kill themselves, is what we call the autoerotic asphyxophilia little complicated to pronounce, where they actually strangulate themselves and make them feel uh, breathless. And that's when they feel sexually aroused. And then they want to ejaculate or masturbate. So for them to get aroused, to strangulate themselves is a need. But if you look at the statistics from USA, because they are the only one who come up with statistics, large number of teenagers are practicing it and dying. So there are also now devices available in sex toy shops where there are devices where you can strangulate yourself and the particular timer, if you put, it releases so that you will not die. So by mistake, if you have lost your consciousness and you have not, uh, you know, loosening the news around your neck or when there is a hypoxia in your brain, you can't think straight. 
and then you are unable to take the decision of not continue to strangulate yourself, these devices when they release automatically after a certain timing are in a way considered to be safe, but even they may fail. So sale of such devices, teenagers particularly engaging into these kind of paraphilia is something shocked me at once upon a time when I had not seen a single case in my real practice, but I only read about it. And then when I first saw such a case, it was described in a different manner, not in the manner I'm explaining it to you. I could identify that this is something same as that. But is online culture actually leading to a, a, a heightened sense of deviancy in, in young people today? Easy uh, availability of pornographic material um, uh, could be doing this. But also, you know, we imagine a lot. In the days when pornography was not so easily available, uh, imagination can go even wilder than uh, pornography. Because in pornography, you are seeing some strangers doing some kind of activity. But in your own imagination, you can think of someone known to you. So in a way, your fantasy could be more wild. But so you will fantasize only that when you have some idea about it. But in pornography, you land up seeing which you had not even thought of earlier. Now, such weird things you land up seeing on, on certain uh, pornographic sites, which uh, definitely could be more shocking and disturbing than arousing. And when there is a combination that they watch lots of porn also, and they land up fantasizing also, that's probably the lethal combination, I must say. But then what you see in porn, they start fantasizing. Dr. Bosley, then you also have this scenario where in India, most schools don't have sex education because state governments believe it's anti-Indian culture and things like that. And most states don't have it. I tell you, I have taken this up as a mission of my life for more than three decades. All my 11 books, hundreds and thousands of columns I have written from Marathi to Hindi to Gujarati to English is mainly because I wanted to reach out to people to give them a proper sex education. I wanted people to get authentic information rather than trying to get it from the wrong source. And I always believed that if you get the right information at the right age, you are likely to have more responsible sexual behavior rather than leaving it uh, completely on them to, to explore it. Then where will they find uh, their resources and what kind of information they will get could be very harmful because there is no one who is going to monitor them. No one is going to you know, censor this information. And it could be more harmful. Let them get the information which is which is which is coming from authentic sources and a right scientific information. Moreover, it is value-based and age appropriate. I have given talks, I have appeared on television shows trying to say that it should be made in school, but somehow different governments, different people, and the people in government which are their human beings who have not been educated at all in this area. They may be great administrators and all that, but they have never applied their mind because they immediately jump to the conclusion that why do little children require to be taught about sexual intercourse? But that's not the sex. On the contrary, that is only one or two percent of the sex education. What is the responsible sexual behavior, teaching them about it and making them comfortable about their body and their sexuality is something which is more important than just on the contrary, actually performing sexual intercourse doesn't even require education. Animals do it in the deep jungles. Human beings, it's very instinctive. But what you really need to learn are other things. But government is not even ready to sit down and understand what sex is. Let's hope someday uh, government will realize the importance of real sex education. And of course, their difficulty is also what who is going to teach? How many Rajan Bosleys are there in the world who know this subject well, who know how to teach this subject? So to have thousands of teachers in thousands of schools 
capable enough to teach this subject with responsibility is also logistically difficult for them. So then what is the tendency is to postpone it? Maybe leave it to parents. Let them parents do job and which is good enough. In one of my interviews, I had said if parents do their job, probably we will not require formal sex education at an institute level. Uh, when I have been talking about need of sex education in one of my press interviews, I started saying that I'm against sex education in schools. Why? Because I wish it, parents do it themselves. Your children are close to you. Children open up to you. You have unlimited time with your children, unlike teachers who are attending 50, 60 students. So you can begin it early. You can give a lot of time to your child. Let his cross-questioning come without hesitation. And you give sound education to your child and the schools will not have to do that job. But and then parents ask you, how do we ourselves know? And I said, read my books. That is why all my books are very strongly recommended. They are mainly for parents and teachers to learn how to talk about this subject. But then what are the risks that come with us? Like, like you said, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old has access to their elder siblings or parents' devices and possibly comes to learn of sex through porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the dangers that come with that? They are tremendously psychologically disturbed when they see why I say age appropriate. Something that you should know, but you should know a little later or in a gradual manner. It's a gradual process and not only with sex education. Gradual process with all that we learn. When we learn physics, we learn chemistry, suddenly complicated formulas don't come in front of us. It's a gradual process. So it has to begin at home and it can even continue at home. And for some reason, the schools want to also participate and take it further with whoever comfortable is the teacher, it can be taken ahead. And that's how it should be accepted. But I think, suppose it's an ongoing process. It will go on even after I am no more. And some other people will take up. And this has to happen. Also, there's the aspect of sexual violence and porn. Like uh, the police often talks of these cases where they say, mm-hmm. oh, they were watching porn and then they went and committed a sexual crime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is, is that a factor? Okay. Yes, that's a factor. And for that, you know, you need to understand there was a proper research done uh, on this. Uh, research was done by Dr. Victor Klein. 1980s, he did a research when he investigated lots of cases in few hundreds and tried to find out how pornography has affected uh, their psyche and how they landed up acting it out. And then he pointed out when you start watching the porn addiction goes through four or five stages. For example, very first time someone watched porn, he has never watched it. Invariably, the reaction is shock, disgust. My God, what am I seeing? But I have seen cases where little teenage boys are so disturbed when they accidentally land up seeing something that they started crying, bonded to depression. They couldn't get out of it. And parents had to bring a sobbing little adolescent boy and sit in front of Nikki. He's not even telling us what he's upset about. And then when I talk to the boy, he tells me that he saw something very weird. Now, what happens the same boy? Call him after 10 years, he will not feel shocked. So first reaction to porn invariably is shock, disgust, disbelief. But then what happens subsequently, they slowly start enjoying it. So that disgust goes away and slowly they start enjoying it. So they access it to enjoy it. Now what happens when you start enjoying, you start watching more and more and more of it. That's the stage of addiction. So you have your own collection of porn or your sites where you visit and and your own saved clips you visit. This is called an addiction because they enjoy it so much. It is so arousing. 
because they are too young to have actual relationship or they don't have a real relationship. After that, what happens? The stage is called as escalation. They want more and more explicit material. So what they used to see earlier, maybe soft porn doesn't excite them anymore. Or just sex between normal sex between a man and woman doesn't excite them anymore. So they are looking for more. They are looking for different. So they will go from double X to triple X to a kind of porn hunting. After that comes the stage of desensitization. Means they watch so much of it and they have watched something so much that it stops affecting them at all. It's exactly opposite of what had happened initially. Whether they watch it or they don't watch it, it doesn't excite them. And there are such men also come to me. Nowadays, I don't get erection when I watch porn. Earlier, I used to get it. So, and I'm watching all sorts of porn. There is nothing more available. But I don't get aroused because they have reached the stage where we call it the desensitization. It just doesn't excite them. And that frustrates them. Earlier, I used to enjoy a lot. Earlier, I used to look for it. But nowadays, whatever I get to see, even something new I get to see, it is something which I have already watched and it doesn't excite me, it doesn't arouse me. And they could still be in their 20s. And there comes the stage where now say, okay, okay if, if watching is not really giving me, I want to act it out. And naturally, when you start acting out a real, because now they want to participate, they want to act out it. There's a wide range. They could visit a commercial sex worker. They can propose having sex with someone known to them or if someone who can even force sex on someone. So these are the stages they go through. And naturally, the tendency is whatever you have watched, act that out. But you have reached only to this stage after watching a lot of explicit material. Something that you have seen on the screen, the pornographic behavior. Unconscious, you want to act it out. And what you have seen is a very violent act. So that kind of porn is also available. You want to act that out because they are unable to discriminate. There is no one who has guided them. They have indiscriminately started watching and reached to this stage. So when they actually get an opportunity to act out, would act out some violent behavior also, something unacceptable to the girl, something which is which could be very, very violent also. Dr. Bosley, also we are noticing a sort of spike in sexually transmitted diseases. A lot of people say that they know about HIV because it still gets spoken about and it's kind of association with death. Um, but do you feel that in the current day we also talk more about pleasure and consent, which are equally important, but that conversation about safe sex and protection in a very medical sense has been pushed to the background? When I started even talking about the ill effects, I said first is unwanted pregnancy and sexually transmitted disease, which is very gross. It is something that uh, in two minutes you can explain. So don't get the girl pregnant. Or you may catch HIV or it's kind of a disease. Then there are uh, sometimes what happens, what has had impact on a youngster is also different from people. They say, okay, okay, use condom, no need of worrying about sexually transmitted diseases. But I always say that condom is not at all going to protect you from STD. It's like, you know, where you wear a helmet and you say, okay, now I can drive rashly. Any kind of accident will protect me because I'm a wearing helmet. Now, truck goes over, you are not going to survive, even if you are wearing the best helmet in the world. So like that, condom protects you only that much. Because it covers only your erect penis. It doesn't cover rest of your genetics as well as your groin area. And that is why sexually transmitted disease could very well be transmitted even though you are using a condom. But this no one tells them. But then a condom cannot be And Kind of a training that they get from each other. Nothing, yeah. Just wear a condom and you will not get the girl pregnant. But there is a 
fellurating condom when it comes to con- uh, pregnancy also. Or some condom could be expired. They may not be able to know exactly how to use it. They may damage it in a process of wearing it. They may remove it too early. Or in a process of removing, they make a mistake. Or they wore it in a, at a wrong time. I know people, grown-up people, they have sex without condom. And then little later, they will pull out and wear a condom and continue. But you are having it without condom, but, but I never ejaculated at that. They think that this is the correct way of being. So even we, how to use condom is also an education, which is a part of sex education. So just use a condom may not be enough an instruction. Could you talk about the other sexually transmitted diseases and the risks that come with them? Yeah, there are many. First of all, uh, like the most common statistically speaking is chlamydia, which is the easiest to treat. On any wrong antibiotic single dose can also treat chlamydia. It is so easy to treat. But it is not noticed in most of the cases. And if the girl gets affected, it can spread into her uterus and fallopian tubes and all that and make her completely infertile. So you were never, never going to have a baby just because you had a chlamydia infection, which was so easy to treat. I'm just telling one of them. Secondly, if you are carrying chlamydia infection and you deliver a baby, the baby can develop complete blindness, which is the most common statistically speaking. Then there is gonorrhea, and there is syphilis. There are 32 identified sexually transmitted diseases. And all of them do some harm or other. I mean, either they will affect your fertility or they will affect your some aspects of your health. Like syphilis could even be uh, fatal. It goes unnoticed and it can go unnoticed. We call them, them guptarog. Why? Because they remain gupt till the last stage. And at the last stage, there is no treatment even for something syphilis, which is known to us for now decades. Then gonorrhea is there. HPV infection, humoropapilloma virus infection is there, which can even lead to girl having the cancer of the cervix or uterus. So there are so many of them, but there is not much of an awareness. Give this kind of an education to youngsters, which is not just HIV AIDS, others are also equally harmful. It can affect your health, it can affect your fertility, it can affect some other aspects of your health, and even it can be life-threatening. Or it can be very painful. For example, uh, you know, a herpes complex virus, HSV we call it. It could be very, very painful for the person. You may never die with it. But very when you have it, you can't do anything. Just imagine you got, you know, a herpes infection in your mouth and you have 200 ulcers in your mouth, which are painful. And you don't know what to do about it. And even if you go to the best doctor, he can't treat you in a jiffy. And you can't drink even water. Even drinking water is a painful we have seen that kind of cases also. So, when when we uh, uh, give a talk, often while giving a talk on sex education, only one single talk if I'm going to be always dealing with sexually transmitted diseases. Because youngsters very often sit saying, yeah, I'm going to what are you going to teach? Oh, okay, okay. The school wants us to listen to you. Okay, we'll pamper you by listening to you. So, when I start telling these kinds of things and showing them the slides, then they suddenly become serious. They say, my God, we thought me he's going to show some amusing clips and pictures and different positions maybe. And what are we listening? And really I'm doing exactly what he's saying can cause this disease to me. And then they become more serious about it. So there is a way of going about presenting this subject also to youngsters. In an age where there is plenty of information now, but little like sort of focus, what is it that you would tell 
maybe youngsters broadly about sex ed that you know doesn't get spoken of as much through instagram reels and things like that anyway get the correct information about the sex from the correct sources so the best is to look for someone for example i am not trying to propagate myself but me and some other people who are doing a good work one of the reasons that you know we should stand out because you know if you hear dr rajan bosle then you get a correct information or just random person is giving you information you don't even know but because he's giving some very titillating information you land up seeing him and thinking that he is telling the right thing because there are so many youtube clips of so called sexologists indian as well as abroad which are talking rubbish but there is no way of even pulling them down so parents either need to educate themselves to educate their children or we need to bring more awareness to youngster teenagers there is nothing wrong finding out about sexuality knowing about sexuality reading about sexuality but do it from the more authentic source you may have to do little research here and there to really and they are intelligent they are smart and your parents can help you your teachers can help you today's episode was produced by jairaj singh sunai marathe and anuja singh for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us we're available on ty plus spotify apple google podcasts and all other platforms of your choice for any news tips email us at tuipodcast@timesinternet.in